You're listening to Weird Medicine with Dr. Steve on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast with the wave an ultrasonic echographic and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease. It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio. Now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott. Traditional Chinese medical practitioner keeps the alternative medicine wackos at bay. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. And she who will do most anything for a glass of expensive wine. It's Lady Diagnosis, everyone. Hey, Dr. Steve. Hey, this is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you've got a question you're embarrassed to take to your regular medical provider, if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347-766-4323. That's 347 who Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine or at Lady Diagnosis, <laughs> Lady Diagnosis or Dr. Scott WM. Visit our website at drsteve.com for podcast medical news and stuff you can buy, or go to our merchandise store, cafepress.com slash weirdmedicine. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything here with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking it over with your doctor, nurse practitioner, physician assistant. Pharmacist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, clinical laboratory scientist, registered dietitian, or whatever. All right, very good. Yeah, really. Hey, uh, by the way, um, whoever bought the Night Force scope at uh, stuff.drsteve.com for $3,000, we salute you. We do? Yes, we do. Oh, yeah. Oh. For those about to buy at stuff.drsteve.com, we salute you. <laughs> no, it was three thousand dollar thing. So our oh, gotcha. You know, you know that was that was. <laughs> that I was thought you were nice. praising them for their choice in purchase. Well, that's awesome too. But um, you know, thank you for uh, making that large purchase on stuff.drsteve.com. It really does help to keep. Uh, the show on the air so uh we really appreciate it while we're at it might as well talk about tweakedaudio.com use offer code fluid f-l-u-i-d for 33 percent off the best earbuds uh on the market for the price and the best customer service anywhere and dr scott's website it's simply herballs.net <laughs> and if you forget these things you can go to uh, drsteve.com and i've got all those links right there on every show <clears throat> simply herbals.net um, I am, you know, <laughs> I said this last time somebody cussed me out on the voicemail because I was talking about attaining my ideal body weight and we, I was measuring my BMI, which is now like 22. And, and he was like, BMI stupid. And, uh, you're just, you know, walking, uh, walking bones at this point. And it's like, oh, what are, let me do what I want to do. But that's, yes, BMI sucks. 
But it's what we got. And it's, you know, compared to when I was a BMI of 30, that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. So that's all. It just is a relative measurement. It just shows that I've had a significant weight loss. But anyway. Congrats. Thank you very much. And I did it using Noom, the app. Uh, I highly recommend it. I can get you $20. uh, No, I'm sorry. Two free weeks and 20% off by going to noom.drsteve.com. You can try it for two weeks. You just don't get the group and group counselor until you pay you pay up. But it, unlike Weight Watchers, which will just charge and charge and charge, at least in my experience, and uh, Noom is less expensive, and you're only going to do it for three or four months, and that's all you got to do. So it's uh, it's self limited. It's not on and on and on. No points. None of that. Um, and it's a psychology app. It's not a diet. So and I love it. It changed my life, and I even. You know, I splurged today. I had what the hell I wanted to eat today. Hmm. And uh, go crazy, Doctor Steve. Yeah, everyone's and it even tells you to do that. Yeah. It, it's built into the thing. Today is a, a no guilt, do whatever the hell you want day, and you have to learn how to do that so that you don't feel like you're depriving yourself. I never feel like I'm depriving myself, mm-hmm. and that's the key. If you say this is forbidden food, mm-hmm. what's going to happen? You want it. You want it, and then you crave it, and then when you actually give in, you're going to go nuts. And then you're going to feel guilty afterward, and then the cycle repeats. Well, at work, we do how um, if someone brings cake or something, someone will say, is it worth cheating for? Because sometimes just cake is not worth it. But when you make it worth something, then you have to justify. Well, Well, yeah, if you plan for it. Yeah. You know, if I I can have this, but I'm going to trade it for doing something else. Mm -hmm. Or, um, yeah, I might gain a pound today Mm -hmm. because of what I ate for lunch today mm-hmm. but uh it'll be back off tomorrow so you know I'm, i don't worry about it i don't recriminate anymore and i was complaining to my counselor i think i may have said this on the show um that i was gorging or binging on these rice cakes quaker makes these rice cakes they've got a caramel one they've got an apple cinnamon one and then they have a cheddar cheese one and they're all the devil <laughs> and uh so, and i was complaining you know i just in the afternoon i'm binging on these and right halfway through that conversation with her i realized i was complaining about binging on rice cakes when back in the day i would binge on french fries and binge on i would eat a whole bag of snickers hookers mm-hmm so, um, hookers. Yeah, I, I'd like to binge on hookers. You know, that shit should be legal, it too. Be too. I need yeah. to be able to binge on hookers. <laughs> I'd say, well. The only time I've ever met a hooker was when we interviewed that woman for this show. Yeah. Were you here yeah. back when we were doing that? Yep, 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 yep. And uh, that's the only time. She's real sweet. Yeah, she's very nice. Yeah. But um, that's the only time. I, I don't think I've ever even seen a prostitute out in the wild. Mm-hmm. And I've, You wouldn't know. And I think that's what it is. I'm too dumb to know. Yeah. I, I, just to show you how dumb I am sometimes, or I just I don't get it because I don't think that way. Someone gave me a pair of candy pants, you know, can, edible underwear. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is gross, because what I thought you were supposed to do, because what it was, was it was a big, um, the the uh, the fabric was um, like a fruit roll-up. Mm-hmm. And then the, it tied with the licorice 
Diane is nodding her head like she's probably done this multiple times. (laughs) So in my mind, this is what you did with those is you put it on and then you went and you ran around went hee hee hee. And then you were supposed to take it off and eat it. And I'm like, that's disgusting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it was maybe. Well, what the fuck are you supposed to do with it? Oh, oh, so good. I'm glad you don't know either. No. I figured that's what you'd have to do. No, so uh, I'll tell you in just a second. But two years later, I'm walking down the street, and it just hit me. And I went, (laughs) don't. Two years later, it finally hits me what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to eat them while they're on the person. Oh, sure. You see? So somebody's wearing it. Mm-hmm. And then you um, eat you know, through to get to the yeah. It gives you something. Surprise. Yeah. Hmm. So somebody gave me that, and I had this really cool girlfriend. Um, um, I'm not going to say her name, but she knows who Debbie. she is. No, it's, it's <laughs> Debbie not. Downer. No. Well, but two of my ex wives were Debbie. One was cool, and the other one not so much. But um, <laughs> I had this girlfriend, and um, she somebody gave me some edible underwear at this point i knew what it was for but she and i i was i smoked then and so she and i went out to smoke and she was so cool because and she was gorgeous too and uh she when she came back in she's just twirling the uh the tie as if i had already eaten you know (laughs) and uh just you know everybody was like ooh, and i was yeah yeah, she just made me look good Mm -hmm. you know she made me look good just by hanging out with me. But then she would go the extra mile to make my friends think that uh, <laughs> there was more going on than there was. But anyway. <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, check out noom.drsteve.com. Two free weeks and uh, 20% off if you do decide to continue. And, um, uh, oh, if you want archives of the show, you could, there's two ways now. You can go to premium.drsteve.com. Use offer code FLUID for three months. It's a buck a month. And then after that, it's two bucks a month. You have access to everything uh, in our archives. Um, the best way to do it is to download the Weird Medicine app from the App Store or uh, Google Play. But you can do it. There's other ways that you can do it. Um, and that's premium.drsteve.com. Or you could just go to drsteve.com for 30 bucks. I'll burn you a 32 gig thumb drive Mm, and um that's a deal so you get a 32 gig thumb drive and you get every show that we've ever done up to the point when i burn it so that would you know if you do it next week that'll include this show and um uh yeah and it's 30 bucks with shipping so there you go anyway all right what else you guys got anything no okay So on I you know I answer questions over on Reddit uh, at the Reddit's at the subreddit's just called Dr Steve, and somebody had asked me about this study, and we're going to need to get our calculators out, Doctor Scott, no. for this, or we can use our little friend. Alexa, who I need to change her name because people are still complaining every time I talk to her, their <laughs> their Alexa goes off. Uh, but I can change it to, I think, um, Amazon and Echo, which all of those are terrible names. You really ought to be able to name it anything you want. They need to work on that. But anyway, this is a uh, a paper, and of course there was medical journalism involved, and I'm not even going to dignify the articles that were written about this saying that ppis are killing people 
um, uh, so a proton pump inhibitor. We're talking about oh. one of the most commonly um, prescribed medications for acid reflux and uh, stomach ulcers and duodenal ulcers. And it was estimates of all-cause mortality and cause-specific mortality associated with proton pump inhibitors among U.S. veterans. This was a cohort study. Uh, and their objective was to estimate all-cause mortality and cause-specific mortality among patients taking proton. Well, that's okay. It's in the title, so there you go. Uh, they did this um, in the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, and the participants were new users of PPIs, and there were 157,000 of them, or H2 blockers, and there were only 56,000 of them. That used to be flip-flop. The H2 blockers are things like Zantac and Pepsid and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Those are histamine receptor blockers, and they work to reduce acid as well. And um, and the, But then when the proton pump inhibitors came out, they worked so well that people, you know, pretty much stopped taking the H2 blockers, uh, or, you know, at least to the extent that they were. Um, all of these things are over the counter, which is really, you know, that's it. You don't know how many people are out there actually taking them, so it is important to know if they're doing something to somebody. So um, so what they did was uh, the main outcome was all-cause mortality and cause-specific mortality. So they were looking at all the people that died from any reason or also things like cardiovascular disease, cancer, stuff like that. So that would be disease-cause-specific and all-causes where you just lump everybody together. Okay? Got it. And they uh, reported as a number of attributable deaths per 1,000 patients. So this is going to make our job very easy when we try to figure out the relative risk versus the absolute risk. Okay? So um, here we go. There were 45.2 excess deaths, and the range went between 28 and 61.4 per 1,000 patients taking PPIs. So the first thing we need to do is, is so so when they tell you what the excess deaths per hundred per thousand is, they've already done the part of the math that we normally have to do, where we take however many people were in the placebo or the you know the cohort that didn't take PPIs, and then the cohort that did take PPIs. Normally we have to divide you know uh, get the same common denominator and then subtract them. We don't have to do that with this. Um, we can, or I'm sorry, we could just divide the numerator by the denominator and subtract them, and then you get the absolute risk. So they've already done that, uh, but they're uh, doing it per thousand patients. So we want to know what the absolute risk is. Is going to be 45.2 divided by thousand. So I'll get Alexa to do it. Yeah. Scott's just looking at me like a deer in the headlight. <laughs> Alexa, what's 45.2 divided by a thousand? 45.2 divided by 1,000 is 0.0452. Okay. So now what we want to do, uh, it, it, of course, that, that math was pretty easy. I, I forgot. She can't remember. Um, uh, so I need you to right, take one and divide it by 0.0452. And that will give us the number needed to harm. 0.0452. 1 divided by 0. Oh, my God. 22.12. So you have to have 22 people take a PPI before you can report one excess death. So the the odds of me being harmed by a PPI, Mm -hmm. and uh, and when they say excess deaths, 
they're not they're not really saying what that means. Other, they just had in that cohort that more people died in that cohort than the than the group that didn't. Did they, the they don't identify what. The, well, we don't know how how they were matched for means. age and all sure. that kind of stuff. Well, excess means if there were a thousand over here and there were a thousand and ten over mm-hmm. in this group with the same denominator, then there were ten excess deaths. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you so that my odds are one in twenty two of being harmed by PPI. So the odd the again the risk to me is pretty low. The risk to society, of course, with that many people taking these things, now becomes somewhat significant. Pretty high, yep. You know, all right. So that's all cause. Uh, let's see here. Um, okay, so infectious and parasitic diseases. So that's what you're looking at are people who are decreasing the acid content in their stomach to the point where they're now more vulnerable to foodborne illnesses. That was uh, 4.2 excess cases. So let's do 4.2 divided by 1,000 would be 0.0042, right? So let's go 1 divided by 0.0042, and that'll give us the number needed to harm for that particular condition. 238. There you mm. go. So the odds for me are, you know, are 1 in 238. Uh, the odds for society, again, you know, if you divide all the people taking PPIs by 238, that's still going to be a, a big number. Okay. So anyway, um, so, uh, and then they go and look at chronic kidney disease. Um, uh, uh, let me see. I'm people... I was looking for uh, the H2 blockers, and they really just didn't uh, don't report that in the abstract. But anyway, um, yeah. Anyway, so that again illustrates the difference between medical journalism that reported this as you know that basically the sky is falling, uh, and the reality of these numbers now. It's still a concern, and it's like, why is this? Because there's everything they looked at, there were excess cases in the PPI section. So I want to see this repeated, make sure that there wasn't some bias introduced, because I'm very surprised that, like, um, chronic kidney disease or cardiovascular disease, why would that, you know, what's the mechanism? Mm-hmm of increasing deaths from cardiovascular disease in patients who are taking a proton pump inhibitor. Uh, I, I can, I, I mean, these numbers are, look pretty good. This mm-hmm. is a big study, but what mm-hmm. we need to find out what that mechanism is. Yeah, and if mm-hmm. we figure out what the mechanism is, we may find that the, this is an, a marker and not a cause. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people who have bad uh, acid reflux may have other conditions uh, or other reasons to die, and they just are taking PPIs because they have it, but it's really something about the reflux that's causing these problems, mm-hmm. you know. Hmm. So it's interesting. interesting. Yeah. yeah. I would like the a, a, a good study would be to take people who have no GI trouble whatsoever and put them on a PPI and see if they have excess mortality, but that's probably an unethical study. To <laughs> I was say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. That's that. the problem. See, that's we'll never it'll right. be very difficult for us to tease this out and say yes, it's the PPI or it's the condition for <laughs> which they're taking the PPI. But how many people honestly have no GI issues? That, very few very people in this country. Yeah, I'd say yeah. minuscule amount. Especially in this country, for mm-hmm. sure. 
So their conclusion, taking PPIs is associated with a small excess of cause-specific mortality, including death due to cardiovascular disease. Um, the burden was also observed in patients without an indication for PPI. Oh, so they already looked at that. They, they, oh my God. They, they thought of everything. Okay, here we go. Among <laughs> patients without documented indication for acid suppression drugs, taking PPIs was associated with an excess mortality due to cardiovascular disease and chronic kidney disease and upper uh, GI cancers. That's interesting. That makes no sense at all. That's yeah, what it's supposed to treat. Because people are um, taking, you know... To not get well, Barrett's Yes, maybe, maybe, or they're taking it for no good reason, or they may have just had shitty documentation in the medical record, too. Mm. Doesn't Just because they didn't have an indication doesn't mean they they didn't have one. It just wasn't in the medical record, because mm-hmm. this was, you know, they were looking back in time, I think. Mm. Uh, here you go. Taking PPIs was not associated with an excess burden of transportation-related mortality. So, you know, we've talked on this show before <laughs> that if, if enough people get run over by a car during a clinical trial they kind of have to report that mm-hmm. and uh so they said no you know we don't have a bias toward all mortality <laughs> so that takes away one of the arguments that i had on this uh, as well so you can take your ppi and drive safely yeah right <laughs> don't take your ppis and drive and uh they also said death due to peptic ulcer disease uh has um uh, there was no um, association of uh, increased association. Well, now that makes sense. So, what really what they were looking at is uh, negative outcome controls, because obviously, if people are taking PPIs, they're going to have fewer peptic ulcers. So, they just wanted to see that their that their methodology was sound enough to show some negative results somewhere. You know, because if it had showed a significant increase in transportation related deaths mm-hmm. you would go yeah there's something wrong with their methodology in this study so look you know it's interesting i would love to get off my ppi mm-hmm. it's um i'm going to go to the compounding uh place and see if they can make me a half strength because i'm on uh this one called dexlansoprazole or dexalon and it comes in 30s and 60s i'm going to see if they can make me up 15 see if i can get by so is it because you've lost weight you're trying to get off or no, has that affected any like of your this, medications I, just, I want to get off as much medication as i can and scott and i agree and yes. ppis and statins kind of are you know they uh they are good for, for certain things mm-hmm. but if you can not have to take them it would be better yes you know agreed so all right, but she had a great she had a great question though. Once because yeah. you have lost weight, there is a chance you can certainly dial down some of your medications. Right. I may not have as much mechanical reflux. Right. That's true. But yeah. are there other problems that you had been taking medication for that you do not have to take now? Like I blood pressure, I, does that change? Yes, um, I may be able to get off my blood pressure medicine. I've only been on it for a real short period of time. I've always had blood pressure one twenty over seventy, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it went up to one fifty, and. Um, so my uh, primary care put me on some medication. Of course, it's the one that the, got recalled, Losartan, mm-hmm. uh, of course. And um, so uh, I've been taking my blood pressure recently. It's been really low, so I'm thinking about backing off on that as well. So, yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. I'm off of hell. I don't take – I used to – I was addicted to Lunesta. The um, Ambien, cousin, the cousin of Ambien. For sleep. For mm-hmm. sleep. I was taking three a day or three milligrams at bedtime, and I took it for the longest time. And then that um, 
all-cause mortality study came out and said people who take hypnotics to sleep are four times more likely to die than people of all things than people who don't take them so i went three and then two and then one and then a half of one i was stuck on a half of one for a while because i was too nervous to just not take it and then uh, we went on vacation i said screw it if i can't sleep i'll sleep during the day and i just never started them back up again cool yeah perfect if you're going to do that, by the way, uh, taper. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any withdrawal whatsoever. But if you just stop it dead, and don't do that. Don't do that with benzodiazepines, and those drugs need to be tapered. Okay. All right. You guys got anything? Mm, no. No. All right. Okay. Uh-oh. Quick, last question for you. Hello, Dr. Steve. Hey, buddy. Hey, why do I sneeze when I smell pepper? I mean, I don't sneeze if I smell salt or cinnamon or any other spice, but for some reason it's just pepper. It doesn't always happen. Is it because it's ground so fine that it gets in your sinuses? Or what's the dealio, Scadilio? Thank you. Good question. Do you guys know what the medical term for sneezing is? I'll give you 10 bucks if you know it. No. I love to sneeze, though. I do too. You may say it's it, it, kind of orgasmic. You, you may know. say it in Chinese and freak you out. Yes. What is it? Is uh, it? No, I don't know. You, know. <laughs> <laughs> you could have made it up. I, I know, we I'll, would I'll never know. <laughs> that, hey, that fucker would have looked it you up. You messed up. He would have looked it up. I know. <laughs> yeah, he would. <laughs> so the the medical term for sneezing is sternutation. Sternutation. Yeah. Hmm. We could just call it sneezing. Um, there well, is a chemical until... in uh, pepper called. Uh, piperine or piperine it's an irritant gets in the nose nerve endings inside the mucous membrane are stimulated and it wants to get rid of it and so you sneeze and that's basically it um histaminic response right uh well this is actually a a, you i think you'll have a histaminic response after that it's an irritant because it's an irritant so if you have an irritant in your nose um the nose will release Hist- or you know, cells in the nose will release histamine. Histamine opens up uh, blood vessels, which mm-hmm. increases fluid flow to the tissues, and increased fluid flow increases mucus production. It just washes stuff out. Well, and um, but the uh, sneeze response is actually a, a, a you know a nerve pathway. So when you say histamine increases, does that just mean your nose runs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, yeah, and that's why up. you take an antihistamine when your nose is running. Yeah, trying to wash you. all the shit out of there. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Did you know that your nose produces one to two pints of mucus every day? Pints? Pints. And here's the thing. You swallow it most mm-hmm. of the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Blow it out your nose into a teaspoon and then and then drink it back. Oh, my God. No. Exactly. But you, but if you're <laughs> swallowing it from the back of your nose into your throat, it's fine. That's different. <laughs> saliva is the same way. I'm doing gallons of saliva every day, but spit out, just drool oh, out no. a teaspoon no. full of saliva onto a spoon and then hold no. it out and then oh, drink God. it. I know. Isn't that horrible? But you're doing it right now. Your mouth is full of saliva. And that's the spoon is sterile. Sterilize the spoon even. Why is that? But I don't know. It's just Isn't that weird. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I don't know why pepper is so good. You could put a pepper on everything, and it's I good. I love pepper. Salt and pepper mm. go together. Not Like rela- peanut butter and jelly. Not related in any way. No. Mm-hmm. Nothing about them. I mean, yeah. pep- pepper is a plant, and salt is, you know, sodium chloride. Mm-hmm. 
It's weird. Black and white. Yeah, I put pepper on a lot of on damn near everything. Sure. Oh, yeah, I do, too. I like it. Without even thinking about it. And it's not bad for you, is it? No, no, no. It's probably the only thing in the world that's not bad for you. But it'll make you sneeze. It does make you sneeze. It says here when the Goths... Increased histamine production. Yeah. When the Goths (laughs) defeated Rome in 410, they demanded a ransom of 3,000 pounds of pepper, Hmm. along with other valuables such as silk. Huh. Huh. Oh, you all should start charging pepper. During the no, thank you. I can go buy pepper. <laughs> During the Middle Ages, peppercorns were accepted in lieu of money for dowries, rents, and taxes. Huh. That's insane. Who knew? During the 19th century, Salem, Massachusetts, played an important role in the world pepper trade and made some of America's first millionaires. Hmm. That's pretty cool. There's more facts about pepper. You want some facts about pepper? <laughs> you want some? That's enough for me. <laughs> you want some? <laughs> yeah, okay, that's interesting. Well, shit. Well, I didn't know any of that. All right. Well, come on. Any more questions? Yes. <laughs> Are we done? <laughs> that suddenly strikes me that I didn't tell you why I started taking the antibiotics. So I've had seemingly like a freaking sinus infection for a couple of weeks or upper respiratory or something. I've been fucking blowing my nose and snotting out fucking big old hunks of green tough shit. <laughs> I'm talking like I'm freaking trying to <laughs> get it out like hard. I feel like, After all that, why say frickin' at that point? <laughs> I feel a little tickle back there and I'll start working at it like a fucking cat in a hairball and then up comes this Big, hard, tough loogie. Occasionally it's yeah. dark. Got blood in it. Blood. Scott, talk about sinus. Snot. Sinus Go. infection, snot, what he should do. Hard, Flesh. yucky snot. D- don't Flesh, don't tell him to irritation. drink it. Yeah. Don't. First of all, yeah. don't spit it into the spoon and swallow it down. <laughs> I would suggest, strongly suggest, a daily sinus rinse. You can use the... Simply Herbals Nasal Sinus Spray. You can use Dr. Steve's fabulous um, nasal pot. What is the thing? What yeah, is na- the pot called? Yeah, Navage. 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 It's Navage. a motorized neti pot. Mm-hmm. You can do. You don't have to get a weird position, yep. and you can get it at stuff.drsteve.com. It's the best eighty something bucks I ever spent in my life. I'd buy the Simply Herbals first, but anyway, well, no, yes, yeah, first, but no, absolutely. But absolutely. But, uh, be, Dr. But, Scott's shit is is good. the real deal. Good, but but uh, in all and you get it at simplyherbals.net. Yeah, in all seriousness, if you'll wash that shit out of your head and do it, do it a couple times a day. Typically, I tell people to do it at least three times a day. Have to do it before bedtime because when you lay down at night, all this all that stuff rolls back in your head and gets clogged up in your throat. Yep, get it out. Clean it out. Yeah. Do it religiously for a couple of days and should then should knock most of it out. Yeah. And uh, um, if it's infected, you'll know because it'll mm-hmm. come right back and it'll still have color to it. Usually mm-hmm. those people will have pain in the maxillary bones, which are the, you know, the cheekbones. Mm-hmm. And you can tap on them. And if, the, if you get pain tapping on those, that's a sign that it, you could have a sinus infection. Uh, persistent discoloration getting darker uh, persistent nasal congestion you got to really have a lot of that so a lot of people get called sinusitis but mm-hmm. only few really actually have it. Mm-hmm. but um, yeah i think um 
every molecule of boogers that you can remove is a molecule the body doesn't have to remove it. And the body's got to do it, you know, kind of one molecule at a time with a bunch of cells in there just kind of eating away with that. Whereas we can use a motorized uh, neti pot or a neti pot or Dr. Scott's nasal rinse, and uh, we can do it much more quickly. Mm -hmm. Wash it out. Yeah, just wash it out. I do have a question. Yeah, my of son has ringworm. Where do you get ringworm, and what is it? Excellent question. A ringworm is actually a you know a skin infection of the by a fungus, mm. and um, you, you can get that just environmentally. There's these fungi are everywhere, and um, when you get it on your body, we'll call it tinea um, tinea uh, corporis. You get it on your head, it's tinea capitis. So can you get it from a cat? On He's foot, convinced he got it penis. from a cat. Eh, or is I mean, it just maybe from if the cat... Possibly. You know, it's possible. If the cat was... You just, every once in a while, one of these, these colonies, I mean, they're everywhere. Mm. That's why you can make sourdough bread. You leave the sourdough mixer open and yeast and fungus, oh, okay. and you know, it's in that case, mostly yeast, just comes out of the air. Mm. It's everywhere, and it's on your skin now, but every once in a while one uh, can it can take hold and start to grow. So why is it in a ring? That's just strange how it does Well, it, it you know has to start somewhere, and then it grows circumferentially out from there. Mm. But know? it doesn't get huge. It's all yeah. the little same size well, there, circles. There's host factors. It's just interesting. Yeah, there's host factors involved. No, it's a very interesting question because you're right. Why didn't it just take over? Mm -hmm. Well, if we were that vulnerable to stuff in our environment, we wouldn't be here as a species. So right. we have defenses against it. And uh, But those de defenses are imperfect, obviously. If they weren't, then the ringworm could never get started in the first place. <laughs> so when the uh, pressure to grow is met by the pressure keeping it in, you know, when, and when I say pressure, just environmental pressure, then it stops growing. So um, he can just use some antifungal cream. You can buy it over the counter, Lamisil or Ketoconazole, any of that stuff. Lutrimin. And use it. <clears throat> yes. Use it for um, uh, uh, at least a week, maybe even two after it's gone, because sometimes it'll look like it's gone. It's mm -hmm. really not. And then you stop using it. It comes right back. Got to be consistent. Oh, okay. Got to be consistent. Now, if he does that and it doesn't go away, then he needs to go see somebody mm -hmm. and okay. get, get it checked to make sure that's really what we're dealing hey, with. Do we have time for a real quick funny story about ringworm? Of course. Yes. Yeah. Hey, so one of our one of our local friends. Do we have time? Well, I, you know, I don't know how I'm much. just killing time. Hey, that's all so we're we, doing. We have, a, we have a friend here, a local guy. He's an attorney. And he's a profound hypochondriac. And we were having lunch one day, and he's, he's like, Scott, look at my finger. What the hell is that? I said, oh, hell, buddy, that's, that's ringworm. He goes, oh, goddamn, is it, is it contagious? So I went, oh, my God, it's highly contagious. He goes, well, what the hell I do? I said, first of all, please tell me you hadn't touched your penis. I said, because this stuff grows in a ring. And I said, and hell, I almost said his name. I said, hell, it will grow in a ring. I've seen it grow in a ring around the penis, and it sloughs off. <laughs> and he almost lost his mind. And everybody at the table was about to die. <laughs> Finally, I was like, hey, man, listen, you're really fine. You're totally it's a fine. fungus. Wow, you have to rub a lot of story. cream in. Yeah, when I, tell you, when, I tell you, hey, when I tell you who it is, you'll, you'll, you'll get it. Okay. I'm All like, right, oh, my yeah, God, it was hilarious. Terrible. That's funny. Um, all right. Are we done with that? Let's do it. Okay. Oh, I'm on the wrong mouse. There we go. Okay, one more. We'll do one more. 
Hey, Dr. Steve, this is Mike from Pennsylvania. Hey, Mike. I was curious, of what age should an adult get a vaccine? A what? Start over. Get what? A vaccine? A vaccine. Hey, Dr. Steve, this is Mike from Pennsylvania. <laughs> I was curious, hey, of what age should an adult get a shingles vaccination? Shingles. And I've heard there are a few different types. Can you enlighten me on that? If I may... Could I plug my band? No. Beautiful disaster. We are out of the Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania. Eric, he, pl he plugged his band once before, didn't he? I've never heard of no, it. I've never heard of it. You can visit us at Beautiful Disaster on Facebook to see our upcoming events. And okay, I, this is like a thing, I guess. That you can call in with a pretty good medical question, which I will answer, and then plug whatever you want to plug. Abusive videos. Cool. Thanks, guys. He's smart. Yeah, it's, it's, I, have no, I have no problem with it. <laughs> it's just a bullshit show, so... <laughs> Um, <laughs> totally fine. Feel free. Um, shingles, go. Okay. So, I've talked about this new shingles vaccine. It kicks your ass. And how much you loved it when you got yours. It kicks... Have the you done yours? The vaccine does? Fuck, no, how, how old are you? Old you? How old are you? 51. Oh, you you need to have it. It's men over or men and women over 50, dude. You need to go get it. Oh, 60. Nope. Oh, no, that was the old one. Oh. Okay. How old are you, Diane. 50. Are you really? Mm -hmm. did, when did you turn fit? July. Remember you were invited and you didn't come? Oh, wait. You weren't invited. That was a invited. year ago, though. Yeah, that was a year. So I'll be 51 in two weeks. It was a hell of a party. Where was I? I Drinking? Was, you were out at the beach. Oh, okay, okay. Or somewhere. Your two -week you were vacation. out of town. When's yeah. your... Uh, the 12th. Okay. Oh, that'll be the day before we're leaving. Okay. Yeah, let's, let's do something. Uh, Friday. Yeah, let's do something. Okay. Okay, well, Diane's old. I always tell people, you know, I, I tell the comedians <laughs> that I've got a supermodel to pick you up. I said she's and six, then Diane shows up. No, and she's six <laughs> feet tall and blonde and beautiful. I said she's a supermodel. I say, you know, admittedly an aging supermodel, but a supermodel nonetheless. It's better than <laughs> an aging supermodel is still a supermodel. Better than nothing. Hell yeah. <laughs> I think Carol. Alt, I'll take it. Carol Alt. Look up how old Carol Alt is. She's still Christy Brinkley. See, it doesn't matter. Christy Brinkley's old and gorgeous. She's sixty something. Yeah. She's old. Gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. She looks pretty, and she doesn't look all plasticked up. Mm -mm. You know, some of these folks they do they do just a way one too many you know procedures and they start looking like they're trying to look young and they don't really they kind of look alien but mm -hmm. christy brinkley just looks awesome mm -hmm. but anyway all right so um so shingles vaccine 50. Shingles, so both of you need to be getting this and it will kick your ass and but here's the problem with shingles so if people don't know what shingles is it is chicken pox come back for one last hurrah when you have chicken pox when you're a kid, it retreats, you know, because you don't have it forever. It retreats, and some of the viruses live in these collections of um, nerve cells called ganglia that are close to the spinal column. And then during a period of stress or for whatever God knows reason, they'll come out one more time, usually when you're over 50. You can get them before that. Uh, by the way, if you get shingles every three weeks you have herpes you don't have shingles mm. so i've had people say well i have recurrent shingles i get it every three weeks it's like no it's herpes <laughs> but um good to know um so shingles will always follow that nerve so that nerve if it's in your chest 
you know, will start in the back and then it will come down and around following the rib cage and the, following that peripheral nerve that, 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 that ganglion is associated with. If it's um, uh, in your face, though, it, you, you can get them in your eye. And uh, those, to me, are the worst, the worst shingles. Most most people get it on the abdomen or chest wall, but every once in a while you get somebody get it in the face and then it gets in their eye. And the bad thing about this is, unlike chickenpox that's self-limited, you know, it comes and it goes away and you don't really have anything. Uh, for whatever reason, when these t- stupid viruses come back, they can stimulate the pain fibers in the skin, and they'll just continue to stimulate for years afterward. It's called postherpetic neuralgia. And if you get it in your eye, there's a small possibility that you could have that pain for the rest of your life. Hmm. Now, I will trade four days of feeling like I have a mild flu to not get shingles in my eye. You know, so... Uh, and the shingles vaccine is the only way to protect against shingles and this postherpetic neuralgia. And the CDC recommends all healthy adults 50 years and older get two doses of the shingles vaccine separated by two to six months. So, <laughs> if, so you get it. Just go do it. Just go do it. Do it on a weekend when you don't have anything to do. Do it on Friday. You'll be fine by Monday. I don't want to waste my weekend being sick. I'll go do it on a Monday. <laughs> so you can be sick at work. Okay, well, that's yep. fine. okay, fair enough. Uh, everybody has different priorities. I like the way she thinks. Um, but you, um, you get it. Like if you get it today, then you wait t- at least two months and then get it again. And um, if you uh, wait the full six months, uh, if you go over that, they just say just get it as close to that as you can. But um, just put it on your calendar and remind yourself you can go to any pharmacy in this country at this point and just get a, a vaccine. Um, take some ibuprofen. You know, it wasn't that. Look, it sucked. I felt like I got run over by a truck, you know, metaphorically. That's how you feel. At least that's how I felt. I had pain at the injection site and I had muscle aches and pains and I just felt malaise. It just felt bad. Uh, it was moderate it wasn't severe but it was really noticeable hmm. you know started in about you know 24 hours after the the first injection but what that's telling you is it works well, but this shingrix is more than 90% effective at presenting preventing shingles and postherpetic neuralgia and um, it's long-lasting, too. Now, the old Zostavax was for people 60 years and older, and it was ner- not nearly as um, as effective as this one is. So does it last 50 years? Because I'm going to live till I'm 100, probably. Well, that's an excellent question. Um, I don't think they know yet. So what they'll have to do is they'll do post-marketing surveillance to see if people continue to have antibodies circulating to the Shingrix vaccine. And if they don't, then they may recommend that you get a booster in 10 years or 20 years. How long has this vaccination been available? This one is new. It's really in the last couple of years. Oh. Yeah. You go first. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you should get Shingrix. Even if you've had shingles, because I've had people say, well, I've had shingles. I'm not going to get the vaccine. Get it anyway, because you can get them again. Even if you received the Zostavax before, and even if you're not sure you ever had chickenpox, because this should prevent you from getting chickenpox if you've never had chickenpox, too, and you don't want to get chickenpox when you're an adult. Okay. All right. Yep. What else? Wrap it up. 
Well, you That's wrap, all I got. wrap it up. You wrap it up. I can't wrap it up. All right. I forgot see. how to do it. Let's see here. Hey, is there anything a P boner and a regular boner? And if someone has ED, could they still get P boners? And why and how would that happen? Hmm. Yeah, great question. He's talking about the proverbial proverbial morning wood, where you get an <coughs> erection when uh, you have to urinate. And my hypothesis on this, uh, I've seen several studies or articles about it, not so much studies. But my hypothesis is <coughs> that uh, since in reproduction, when we have an erection, you, you find it impossible to urinate through mm-hmm. a full erection. The reason for that is, is when you ejaculate into a vagina so that the, because we forget that's really what sex was designed for. Uh, you want the sperm to stay in there, the semen to stay in there and try to find a, a, um, a an egg to fertilize. Right. And when you, if you were able to urinate, not only would it be gross and the woman would probably never have sex with you again, but you're going to wash that semen out and make it less likely that you're going to uh, be able to procreate. So I think that then the other side of it is it's not good for you when you're a cave person to be, you know, urinating where you're sleeping. Right. Uh, for lots of different reasons, because that scent will draw saber-toothed tigers and stuff like that. So we developed this mechanism where you get an erection so that you can't piss the bed. Right? Because you so can't then piss what causes the pee wood boner? That, that you got a full bladder. And you're that asleep. makes your penis hard? Yeah, so that you're not pissing the bed. You know, it, so it like, keeps you from peeing. It, right. What it's doing is, oh. it, right, it's keeping you from peeing. Okay. Because um, you, uh, gotcha. uh, what's really happening is that sphincter is tightening, and there's the consequence of that is you get an erection at the same time. Okay. You get an erection, the sphincter tightens. You tighten the sphincter, you get an erection. So there's no real benefit to the erection itself. It's just that that sphincter is tightening to just give you that extra guarantee that you're not going to piss in the bed. And when it does it, it stops the flow of blood coming out of the penis and stops the flow of urine going through the penis. There you go. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I'll give sense. you one. Give yourself a Very good. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Uh, thanks always. Go to Dr. Scott and uh, Lady Diagnosis. You're delightful. Can't forget Rob Sprantz, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes, Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton, Travis Tepp, Lewis Johnson, Paul Upcharsky, Eric Nagel, Roland Campos, Sam Roberts, Pat Duffy, Dennis Falcone, Ron Bennington, Fizz Watley, whose early support of the show has never gone unappreciated. Listen to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel, SiriusXM channel 103, Saturdays at 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern, Sunday at 5 p.m. on demand and other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps, quit smoking, get off your asses and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine.